You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Paint me a picture with your sounds. All right, Jordan, you're at the top of the order. Why don't you roll to open that door for me? Okay, let me click the button, do it online. That is a critical failure. That's a one. That's a nat one. You tried to open the door and you died. Carter, roll to open the door for me. Oh my gosh. Okay, gotcha. Fortunately, I have a pretty high sleight of hand. So it's going to be a plus four. So let's see what that does for me. Uh, 13. The door opens and you are greeted by everyone who's listening to this episode. Yes. Hello. I am dead. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to our episode. It's me, Carter, and a ghost. Oh <laughs> my goodness! That's a little. That's a little. Uh, little Dungeons and Dragons adventure humor for you, based on the good movie we're talking about this week. Hey, can I part the curtain real quick? That yep. knock on my countertop hurt my knuckles real bad. Interesting. <laughs> Have you knocked on a door before? Because I feel like the surface is similar. <laughs> there's there's less rebound. Oh, okay, you know, I'm not. Uh, I don't want to brag. Uh, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but we do have yeah, granite no. countertops. Ooh. Um, Ooh. So, you know, I, I don't want to brag or anything, but uh, I feel like feel diamond like every- is the hardest mineral. So, <laughs> Hey, Jordan. Yeah. Every time I've been to your house, I've just taken your countertops for granite. I don't get it. Cool. I think I'm, I think I'm done. I'll sit this one out. Yeah. Thanks for coming by, Doge. That was great. Hey, who are we? Yeah, that's that would be a good start. And I forgot that I started. Hang on. You do. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon. Mm-hmm. I'm Doge, and they went on a quest. But don't worry, I told them about the map. I told them about the gym. I told them about the chunk. <gasps> I forgot to tell them about the chunk. <laughs> do I go next? Yeah. I don't know. I'm Carter, and. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> yes. That, that was, was just, really good. I was playing the role of dad. <laughs> but I said chunk. You didn't hear me because I don't yeah, have no. a head or a face. Because your That's top really half great. is still in hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Lots of assumptions on this episode. I'm I'm Jordan and w- this is two chunks and a hunk, which we did not say at the top. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but it is... <laughs> In case you didn't know what you paid extra for. <laughs> it is that podcast, but the only Patreon one. So shh, don't actually tell shh, everybody. Please ones. tell everyone. Hey, are we talking about a movie on this one? You didn't even do a quote. I never do a quote. But you didn't even say if you're the chunk or the hunk. I uh, am the chunk. <laughs> Who's the hunk then this week, boys? Who could it's it those be? sexy, sexy Patreons. The patron, the the Patreon is Patreon is the website. It's yeah, that platform. That's what I'm talking about. That sexy that platform, sexy, sexy website. I that's love the responsiveness about. of that HTML5 based design. Their UI <laughs> is just exquisite. Everything is so clickable. <laughs> well, uh, as sort of a, a, a farewell, fare thee well, if you will, to the Pixar picks, pick what picture Pixar Pixar series. We are going to review Pixar's newest outing, which is uh, called Onward. Onward. Uh, Onward. I was like, I didn't hear that nice baritone. (laughs) (laughs) Something's different. And there's there's something we need here. Something delectable, something juicy, something that uh, you throw it on the grill, medium heat, close the lid. Forget about it for about eight minutes. Come back, flip it, close it again. Come back about six minutes later, and it's cooked to juicy perfection. I'm talking about a synopsis. Doge, do you have one? I sure do. Uh, and, and listen, I know that sometimes it's a bummer when the synopses are not goofy, but we got to work with what we got. That's the number one thing you do on a quest is you use what you've got. And this week's synopsis, or this episode's synopsis rather, was written by IMDb user Yusuf Piskin. And Yusuf writes, Teenage elf brothers Ian and Barley embark on a magical quest to spend one more day with their late father. Like any good adventure, their journey is filled with cryptic maps, impossible obstacles, and unimaginable discoveries. 
But when Dear Mom finds out her sons are missing, she teams up with the legendary Manticore to bring her beloved boys back home. Yeah, unfortunately, that was a really good synopsis. I know, you said did a really good job. That sucks. Hey, I'm tired of everybody not knowing how much I loved this movie. I'm sick of it. Yeah, this movie was so good. <laughs> um, why aren't more people talking about this movie? Dude, it did it I did not get Pixar hit vibes from it. And I, I and to be clear, I still don't. I would place it somewhere around like Monsters University tier right. where it's it's not like this is not inside out. This is not Coco. Right. But if if DreamWorks had made this movie, I would be saying DreamWorks turned a corner. You know what I mean? Like this is so so good. So l- let me let me tell you the closest comparison that I had while watching it that I was thinking, which is How to Train Your Dragon. Yes. Um which is a movie just as good as a lot of Pixar's bigger hits but just in a super different way. This actually started and ended with like the same voiceover thing in the exact same way that How to Train Your Dragon does. Right, correct. That's a, Which that's is a big dump, part of it. D- big dump for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I get why it happened, but uh, Carter, I noticed you're staying pretty silent here on the line. Yeah. And, uh, that's what happens when you just want to give somebody, you know, the, I, y'all, we walked into the store and y'all found a toy that you like, and I'm just letting you play with it because I really don't have much interest. I'm moving on to uh, other things. I. It's so well, interesting you, you to You want to talk about a different movie? No. <laughs> what I'm, else have you watched? <laughs> I do. I'm probably going to talk about a lot of other different movies. I am glad you brought up How to Train Your Dragon because I liked it much more than this movie. Same. Um, yeah. It's not that I didn't like this movie. And honestly, I think, and this is, y'all are free to shoot this down because I'm realizing it's going to sound strange. I liked it way more when I was watching it than I do now. I think it yes. did not grow on me. And I am not used no, to I, that. I'm the same way. I am not used to that in Pixar. In fact, I didn't stay okay. stagnant. I went down. Um, and I, uh, maybe it's going to be better for me to explain where I'm coming from to just super dump from the start. Sure. In Pixar. So there, there are many different ways and I, and we'll talk to my super pump, uh, as we get there, because I do like Pixar, no matter what they do. And I can't, I can't make this claim for movies that I haven't seen of that series, but they, they do new things. They try not to play. Like Pixar has a mix. They they go with what is really good and they continue to do that and it makes it feel like you're at home and then you're with family and it's Pixar and you're like, there they go again, like any good director does. But they also, um, I don't know, with this movie, I feel like I needed more of a creativity that I'm used to. And this was creative, right? But I feel like with the intro to this world and all the different kinds of types of characters that we see uh, and you know, knowing fantasy type characters really well. We've got like, you know, our centaurs and cyclops and trolls and goblins and unicorns and things like that. I, I, and again, if the sacrifice was to spend more time on this brother's relationship, great. But I feel like we don't have enough. I feel like I am overwhelmed when I'm under the sea with Nemo. I feel like I am overwhelmed in a boy's bedroom with all of his toys because there's just so much to soak in. I feel like I'm overwhelmed in Monsters Incorporated because it's a bunch of character designs I've never seen before and how creative for all these different versions of the Boogie Monster. I don't get that in Onward. Onward had the perfect foundation to go crazy and give us a bunch of inside stuff. The gelatinous cube is brilliant. Like that's a I D&D throwback. And they do a lot of that. And it could be that this is a one watch for me. This is the first time we've reviewed a Pixar movie that I've watched once. And Pixar does tend to be better right. with age. So maybe I need to watch it again. But it didn't give me enough moments that were memorable. The ones that are, are very. But I I, sure. I do not see this being a movie someday that the kids in that in that. Uh, golden age that we were talking about in one of our mini Mondays recently of like, why is Monsters Incorporated so intense for you? Why is Toy Story so memorable for you? I don't see kids quoting onward 10 years from now. Yeah, probably not. And so- I don't know. I'm gonna gonna plant a flag here just for a second. Yeah. I I think I might disagree. Um, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. and, And I, again, I would not put this up there with, you know, this is not Pixar's best outing. This is not like, a slam and dunk. And that's not what I was expecting, even if it had hype. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. But I don't know, man. I, I really think that there's something. This movie feels um, really personal in a really unique way to Pixar. It's it, sort of similar to um, 
Coco almost of how like other than of course we had to get uh, Miguel back to the land of the living, which was a pretty high stake in the same way that, you know, a dragon tearing up a town is a high stake, but mostly, you know, in Coco, we're really looking at, you know, Miguel's relationship with his family in a pretty um, tight microscope. And I think that this movie um, sort of, I don't know if lampshades is the right word, but it, it sort of hides the microscope until they want you to know what that microscope is. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was really, so, I was really into this movie. I think that this is absolutely the kind of movie that if I was eight years old, that I would be super into and really remembering in a decade or two. And that's good. Cause it helps me point to um, maybe instead of saying kids, uh, I don't think a young Carter would have done that. And I think as you talk sure. and as we talk more about it, I might be realizing this, and maybe this is what saves me for those other listeners that really loved Onward. I'm an only child, so it could be that I am missing a lot because this is a sibling-centric storyline to me. Sure, yeah. And that I have nothing to compare that to. And this is not a sob story for me, right? Pixar listens to this Patreon episode. They're like, inspiration. Let's write a story (laughs) about an only child, even though I'm pretty sure Riley is. But like, It's called Backward. I... Backward. That's what it is. But yeah, I, it did not do that for me. I did find times like it was poignant enough and, uh, emotionally driven to where I wish I had siblings, but I don't get to, cause both of you have brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I didn't really get to do that. And again, that doesn't, Pixar's good at, I also didn't have a best friend that was an old man that, you know, like, <laughs> right. And I didn't, I've never known monsters. I talked to my toys, but it's like, it's not supposed to, it is somehow for everybody, but I can see how it is a little bit more for the two of you. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. I can All hear that. that. I can hear that. Yeah. I, I don't know what it was. This, this movie really, really touched me. Like I, I thought it was very, very sweet. Um, yeah. And, oh, I did too. Uh, but, but also I, I don't know. I, re- I think I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I think it struck while the iron was hot with the D and D craze going on right now. Oh, for sure. Um, I Very did much not so. realize that D and D was really that this movie is essentially a D and D campaign come to life. I did not realize that that's what onward was going to be. Did you know that they're, they're releasing a version like a playable heroes of yore this fall? Shut up. Brilliant. So I smart. really want to play that's it. Amazing. I want to play it. So bad. Call really it bad. Yeah. Yeah. That is so fun. Um, speaking of so fun, how much was Chris Pratt as Barley Jack Black? Uh, I'm going to say right now exactly how much he was because Chris Pratt as Barley combined with Tom Holland as Ian is my super pump for this movie. Yeah. Like they absolutely crushed this movie. I don't think I would like this movie if it was like, if it was not them in the lead. And, and I'm not saying that I only like it because it's them in the lead. But I think something about their performances really just like it felt like they in the booth believed what they were saying. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to like the way that Tom Holland's character, the way that Ian casts a spell in this movie by having to believe it, felt like that's how they were saying their lines. Totally. Uh, and it really does feel like a movie made exactly for me specifically because it combines Pixar and fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons and two of the Avengers. And right. so I was like, yeah, it's everything I love. Yeah. Perfect. Right. Yeah. So my, my super pump is specifically Chris Pratt as Barley. Um, I liked Tom yeah. Holland a lot, but there was, so I can, I can um, be guilty of Chris Pratt fatigue, much like I was with Jennifer Lawrence for a long time. I think that Chris Pratt um, if not used, hey, don't watch passengers. You no, know, I know <laughs> um, you're going to hate if it. If Chris Pratt isn't used with a deft hand, uh, I can become over, uh, over exposed to him. This movie, he is in his, some of his finest form. I mean, uh, this is absolutely, this is like Andy Dwyer levels of endearing to me, him as Barley, yes. just this like lovable burnout sort of oafish character that is just so gen- yeah. like everything he said was so earnest and genuine. I, I yeah. was absolutely, I don't know, maybe I'm, I think as I'm talking about it, I'm liking the movie more, which is fun. Cause it's a different direction than Carter. It feels like you're feeling, but, um, like Barley was such a fun character, man. I, I, a hundred percent my super pump. Pratt was almost my super pump. Um, yeah. but we'll get to mine pretty soon, but yeah, I really appreciated him. Honestly, I'm not going to say I felt like Holland was replaceable, but I think there's other people that could have done as well as he did. And so that's maybe why it didn't stand out as much to me. 
Sure. I'm going to say something potentially spicy aside from the, aside from when spoilers for end for infinity war, aside from when Spidey turns to dust in that movie, this feels like the best acting I've heard from Tom Holland. Interesting. I'm typically, I'm typically not super impressed in terms of acting. I think his ability to be Peter Parker is very good. And I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen him as capable of doing anything other than that until yeah. this movie. Yeah. That you one know is what spicy I, for me. I need a little milk I after do, that. I think maybe that's what it is. I feel like as if Daniel Radcliffe had voiced some leading character in an animated feature. I feel like Tom Holland has a better shot than Daniel Radcliffe of having a career after the Avengers and after Spider-Man, but he's never going to grow out of that. I don't think he's ever going to be able to like Chris Pratt. And it, maybe it's because he got into it when he was older and we had seen so many different iterations of Chris Pratt before we saw um, Star-Lord. Sure. But, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think we've caught him in a, in a place and I think we're draining him a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, so, uh, specifically with Tom Holland, you mean overexposing him? Yeah. In different roles? I just, yeah, I think he's, I think because it's like the only things that I can really think of are the Spider-Man series. I think he's done a couple of things outside of that, but he also has yeah. done voice acting in another movie that came out. I think this Spies year, in Spies in Disguise. Right? Yeah. He was yeah. also a voice with actor Smith, there. Right. And so I think, he feels more, and it's, I mean, I, I am not a producer, and I also know that Chris Pratt is very much a money grab, but getting Tom Holland feels more of a big name than uh, being real smart about having like Tim Allen play Buzz Lightyear. Like it's like a, it sure. felt like it was more about getting the name than having it fit the character, even though, I mean, he's playing a teenager, right? It's, he's basically playing an elf version of Spider-Man that's discovering powers and using those and eventually yeah, saving the true. world. So yeah. I don't know. And it, it, I think what's going to happen though, is I think you're going to be surprised when we actually get to the scientific cinema scale. And I think this happens a few times on our podcast that it's like, I'm over here moaning and like, rah, 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 and then ultimately I'm like, I, I liked it. And I'm not just yeah, arguing I mean, for the sake about, of arguing. But, about, yeah. It's a sliding scale, especially with Pixar, you know, Pixar, you could be like, it wasn't their best outing. It was honestly like, not that great. It was okay. Uh, five stars. Like, you know, like it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear that though about Tom Holland though. Like it doesn't seem like there's any kind of special sauce that only Tom Holland could bring. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? And, but I, then I, and that's I the thing too. I want to bring up the point, like Pixar doesn't, I mean, they're like half and half to me for that kind of thing with their lead roles. It's yeah. like, I don't know. Tom Holland to me brings this sort of like, like, and him and Chris Pratt have the same secret sauce in this movie on full display to me. Chris Pratt, uh, to, to me at least, is is the far stronger candidate for sure. But Tom Holland brings this sort of like boyish earnesty to roles that's kind of endearing to me. Um, There's I, a I, charm I, there too. Yeah. I think I really liked him actually as Ian. Um, I, and I think him and Chris Pratt's chemistry was really great and a lot of fun. That's the thing that he does bring. And they did, they did improv some of their scenes together with this. Like they, they largely recorded separately, but the directors, the, the, the team wanted to make sure that they got them in the studio at the same time because they'd hung out so much on the set of the Avengers movies. Right. Yeah. That they're like, we've got to, we got to stick a microphone in front of them while they're hanging out. Yeah. That's really technically great. their third or fourth movie together, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. No, that's true. That's fun. Interesting. Um, I want to talk about the mom. I know she had a name. I forgot it. Um, Laurel. As much as I love Chris Pratt and he is still my super pump, she is the best character in this whole movie. She's so funny. Like, yeah, she's great. And, and I Drive don't see... Is great. Yeah, she's so good I don't at everything. I don't see that we get a lot of um, agency from parents in a whole lot of Pixar movies. And so this was an interesting change of pace um, to see mom come in and... Uh, to give them uh, a legitimate story butt. arc. Right. Yeah. A story arc that's in their control, right? We, we get to know the parents and actually get inside the heads of Riley's, Riley's parents in Inside Out. But it feels like they're, uh, when they come to a conclusion or they change, it's a result of what Riley has done. <clears throat> yeah. But no, I agree. Does, does mom grow or change over the course of this movie? I'm oh, not, for sure. I think she gains some real world, real world confidence and like being able to like, I yeah, don't see I've, that as I, I honestly don't see that at all. I don't you see just that think we're presenting that the, mom as somebody. You think luckily something big like this happened to a couple of brothers that have an awesome mom, and she just happened yeah. to. Okay, I can I see don't that. See her, I don't see her like. Should I go help them? Should I not go help them? She pretty much decides to go help them and does. And like, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know but that conflict we necessarily doesn't mean, agency doesn't mean conflict of decision though. Sure. But what does she arc from? Where does she begin and where does she end? I mean, I would say that she arcs from a normal suburban mom in a world where magic hasn't existed in forever into a sword wielding manticore flying dragon stabbing cool mom that does okay. workout fights. How is that? a? How is that? So she, I think there's a difference though, between like what she does and what her character is. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like in the sense of like, I think a good, a strong character arc can be framed around like, I was this and then this happened and now I'm this. And it's some sort of like internal and external change. Not like I was this job and then I got fired and now I'm this job. Or like I was a regular mom and then I have a sword and now I'm a sword mom. Like it, it seems like there needs to be something more with that for us to call that like a full character. Like I, admittedly, it, it does arc from somewhere to somewhere else. It just doesn't, it feels surface level. Yeah, maybe me. I'm wrong. I know that. Obviously, we can just rewind very quickly and prove me wrong. I don't think my argument is that she has a good character arc so much as she is a parent character in a Pixar movie with agency and involvement in the story beyond a side character. You know, she's... Yeah. The arc was more my argument. Yeah. And I think think Doge is probably the best of all of us in defining it, like literally. But for me, I saw a mom that was like... uh, I think what makes Barley so endearing too is he does seem to be picked on by the world. Like right. not not full respect from many. Him and his mom are pretty close because we see them wrestle and that's great. Like she's yeah. still like respecting and loving her kids. But I think it feels like he it's gone from um, not totally getting this board game that he plays to becoming stronger than the strongest card in the deck, right? Like the Manticore didn't kill the big villain, she did. And so now it's yeah. like, I don't know. For me, it was, I guess, a bunch of, and this feels like a cop out, but it, like it feels like um, there's a lot to happen after the the movie stops, right? It feels like there's a lot there that we just don't get. Um, but I, I think I should backtrack and say, I guess the parent with the biggest arc and the most agency to me is Marlon. If we want to talk about Pixar still, yeah, yeah, that sure. is super parent centric, and, and that's I a think, completely I think different the reason, story. The reason I'm getting so granular on this is because my my super dump is actually our our conflict resolution. Uh, and this is a little spicy, but my super dump is, and and I was absolutely bawling my eyes out at this scene, but the the flashbacks of the brothers as little kids, I, that like, yes, it's emotionally effective. I don't know that we set that, that we set the movie up in a good enough way for that to be the resolution of Ian's arc. I think Ian's arc, if it resolves there, has to be nobody pays attention to me. Nobody, like I don't have anybody to talk to. And we have to see that. And then his last hope is maybe because no one else is looking out for me, maybe my dad would have. But I don't think that we see that. I think we just see him from the beginning fixated on his dad. And I think we see him from the beginning ignoring other relationships. I don't know. And it's it's very subtle because it almost exactly lines up for me. I just think there's an uh, a place where it's like that is effective. And I think that's just a slightly different story than the one that we set up at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I, I totally hear you. I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm fortunate that I brought two flags today because I'm going to plant a second one here for a few minutes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I hear you. I respect your opinion. And to me, what we see in Ian, so I I don't think his, his story, his conflict resolves when he has the flashback. I think his conflict resolves when he lets go of his desire to meet his dad, when he realizes that his brother is maybe needs that more than him. Cause, cause I I would say rather than, I would say the same thing. I'm, I'm using the flashback as emblematic of the representation of his, which he's like, I don't need to see my dad. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and I think if we define it as I don't need to see my dad, Barley does, I think the conflict is not, nobody looks out for me. Oh wait, Barley did. I think it's look at all the things I missed out on by not having a dad. And then the conflict resolution is, Oh, I, I didn't miss out on any of those things. It just wasn't my dad who did it. And then doing something kind for the brother who provided all those things for him, letting him have closure with the man who wanted to give all those things to him. I don't know. It really works for me. So I, I hear where you're coming from, but I was a freaking wreck at the end of this movie. And it just totally I mean, I was too. For me. Yeah. So that's yeah, our I don't episode. Know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's just, I don't know. I, I think there's maybe a different way that we could have presented that or just a little bit, a little bit different nuance to present that 
where that is the natural evolution. Because I, I do agree, like his his arc does resolve when he decides he doesn't need to see his dad. And when he decides that he has had somebody in his life who's able to look after him and able to take care of him. But I think we need to see him rejecting that first. Because I think like right now it's presented as Barley's a screw up. And that's different than Barley's trying to take care of me, but he's not my dad, so I don't want it. You know, I just think there's something about their relationship that needs to be slightly different at the beginning for it to have this resolution and it work for me. It feels like when I look back on everything that Barley's trying to do for his little brother in the beginning of the movie, it is roles of a parental. It's like someone taking care of him. I'm going to pick you up from school. I'm going to drive you to school. Even down to Don't embarrassing worry, like, I've him got your back on these things. <laughs> Sure. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm going to ask this different. question. Uh, so when I first watched Inside Out, um, I went in and finished it and I liked it, but I was overwhelmed with this feeling of, and I even said to Callie the first time we watched it, you know, it just doesn't feel like Pixar has it for me anymore. Like, and then it wasn't until rewatches that I was like, actually this movie rules. I, what I am not saying is that you guys missed the mark on this one. What I am saying is, do you think you enter because I know that I do. Do you think you enter new Pixar movies with your guard up a little bit? Yeah. I think I probably do. Yeah. Cause I got yeah. burned by cars too. Right. Yeah. I mean, totally that kind of thing. Um, and uh, cause I, I remember when inside out and even Coco at first were announced being like, that feels like a stretch. That feels like a stretch. That doesn't feel like Pixar's bread and butter at all. And now they're two of my favorites. Now I'm not saying Onward's going to end up being in any of our top threes anytime soon, but I'm just curious if you guys felt like you, you have that experience with new Pixar movies. It is so interesting though, because for some reason Onward from the start did not super stand out to me. I have been more excited for, and I, I think I already know this is not the uh, popular opinion on the podcast, but I have been more excited for Soul uh, than Onward since the two were announced relatively close together. Um, the marketing for Onward was pretty terrible. Agreed. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. And that too made me feel like, it's almost as if I knew that I was about to have to watch a team or play for a team that my coach didn't feel confident in me. And so right. I've already lost like the will to like, and, and so maybe <laughs> I'm excited to have a rewatch. It's, and, and again, it's not something that I hated. I, this, sure. I'm glad you brought this up though, because I kind of got lost in a few lists of, um, cause I've done this before. I teach an intro to, to communications course and it talks about like old technology and a lot of the times it's big branding and, and big brands that had big flops. Like almost every massive brand has had something that's been a big flop. Yeah. I, I'll preface by saying Onward is by no means a flop. It is economically sure. for Pixar, but it's by no means in terms of writing and stuff. I did not dislike it that much. If and you want to hear that. Like critically, it's pretty well acclaimed. Yeah, absolutely. Like 7.5 like on Tomatoes, like, like yeah. over 80% on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not surprised there. But things like, um, you talk about going into it with your guard up. Like there came a point when Apple started introducing things that I was like, I, okay. You know, it's like, or, or even Nintendo sometimes, like there's some that are more successful than others, but like, sure. Uh, I look at things like when Coke came out with new Coke and it lasted for like eight months, Right. they were like trying to yeah. rebrand. I'm not saying onwards a rebrand by any means, but all that just to use the analogy or the metaphor of like these feel, it feels like Pixar is a big enough monster now that they've done this to themselves. And so that's why things like Coco that came out two or three years ago is super impressive to me. Right. Because for as much tout that they have and the fact that they did Nemo, Nemo was like the fifth installment of a franchise that was already super critically acclaimed. And then they just flexed and were like, I think we're good enough to do this. Like they, this was not a leap for me. And maybe it's because we can't make those leaps yet. You know, we talked about like what's next for CGI or animation. Is it VR? Because we're just there, right? Right. Like the progression, like Doge has done a good job of like showing us like it starts with this and then we pick up how do we deal with hair? How do we deal with lighting? How do we deal with humans? You know, what do we do with those things? And Onward didn't even add that. So not only does it like when it looks like other movies that I've seen <clears throat> uh, and all it has to rely on now is like, the, the meat of it, like the bones of it, it's it's not enough for me in this sense. Hmm. I don't know. I think I'll disagree with that though. Like I, I would compare, like compare this to another recent, like compare it to the animation quality of Spies in Disguise or Pets 2 or like The Secret Life of Pets 2 or any of the like, I mean, even Coco, like I see a noticeable improvement in the animation quality yeah. 
in this over Coco. Yeah, this this the mm. visuals for this movie were almost my super pump because every like the color palette of everything, like the sort of neon city feel is new for Pixar and looks incredible. The, like, ugh, I, I loved the way this movie looked. The hair in this movie is unbelievably good to me. Like Ian's yeah, like totally. poofy curly hair, uh, the manticore's natural hair, like all of it is so freaking good. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I'm trying to say like, it's not for me though, because it's, I'm, and again, I'm trying to just stay in the realm of, of Pixar. It wasn't a leap. Right. Yeah, that's like sure. I looked at the land of the dead and wanted a snapshot of it and put it on my wall. Like I don't yeah. have those moments here. Uh, and it doesn't right. feel like it's a big enough leap for me. And again, too, and maybe that's because I just don't have the eye for it. I'm sure there's uh, tons of people that can appreciate it as much as y'all do on the animation. And I'm spoiled. Pixar's done this to them, like good for them, right? Yeah, like, that's, yeah fair. that's true. They've they've given me enough now to where watching an animated movie is almost like just watching a movie that's not. It's like, right. uh, you know, it's like different. So each movie has its own way to, like it's got its own weapons and things that it can use to flex a little bit. But like, I don't know, the lines are getting a little blurry for me. Sure. Yeah. I, I want to talk about um, my super dump, if that's okay. Um, yeah. And it's sort of a weird super dump, but stick with me for a second. Um, because while I was watching this movie, so with, with Barley's van, the painting on the side, the D and D vibe, the sort of Norse stuff going on in a lot of places, all I could think is this feels like such a missed opportunity to be the first Pixar movie with like a fully licensed soundtrack, like hmm. a guardians of the galaxy style. Everything is a, you know, Led Zeppelin, ACDC, just dumb off the rails, like the kind of stuff that you know is on that cassette tape in Barley's van, like just truly dumb classic rock, you know, lightning Guardians, from fingertips. Kind of, yeah, the other Chris Pratt movie. Well, but so Guardians had that sort of like 70s vibe more or less. You know what I mean? I'm talking like dad rock kind of a stuff. I'm talking, I'm yeah. talking the kind of stuff that deserves a painting on the side of a van. Um, it just feels like there were so many moments in this movie that if they had been underscored with, you know, especially when he, it was sort of that generic classic rock sound when he threw that cassette in the car, I just feel like it could have really benefited from something like a whole soundtrack of just. That's so funny. My pump is I, I, a soundtrack is a huge pump oh, for oh, me. I, that's, that's why it's a weird dump. I love the soundtrack to this movie. It was a beautiful soundtrack. It was awesome. But I, I really feel like Pixar missed an opportunity to do something they've never really done before here. So this will be my last episode of the show. I'm really thankful for you guys for tuning in. No, I agree. I, there's just so much. I'm so thankful for this episode because there's so much that I'm having to, I mean, it's like counseling, right? We sit in here with people we respect and start talking about things and hearing other opinions and being guided by certain things. And it's just opening my mind up. Look, my Let's main point that is I, that I hope. shooting lightning and fighting the dragon set to thunderstruck by ACDC would have been the coolest moment in this movie. That's all I'm saying. I think that's just too that. reminiscent of immigrant song in Ragnarok though. No, because that song is literally, that song like lyrically and everything is perfect for the moment. I don't know. I don't think so. Let's talk about something that I hope we all agree on. Okay. Can we can we please talk about Officer Colt? Yes. <laughs> I love him so he's much. So I think funny. he is so so Dude, funny. Dude, when he his, took out his yeah. long flowing hair at the end, I lost I my love that mind. So when he said, I'm going to give you to the count of three, and then he starts counting like a horse, <laughs> is the funniest thing in the whole just world. Just the tap <laughs> yes. of the hoof and his laugh. Hey, I, honestly, let's yeah. just segue into just how freaking funny this movie was in general. Yeah. Because he isn't, to me, an example of like a very funny character from this movie, just overall. Um, and, and all of these jokes you're talking about, like from the tap to the laugh to the hair, the fact that he runs about eight steps before he gets out of breath the first time. Yeah. It all is so good. Um, him just navigating the house as a horse, you know, <laughs> and just knocking stuff over. It's yeah. like Pixar was like, okay, like let's not lie to ourselves. Yes. We can put fantastic creatures in modern day, but some of them it's not made for them. Right. Right. I thought that <laughs> was going to work out. So good. I thought that was pretty funny. And that he's feels just like Pixar destroying level everything. Every yes, time he yes, got yes, out yes. of his car was so great. Um, I think that similarly, the dragon's face at the end with the eyebrows was very funny. Yes. That was so funny. Um, yeah. 
uh, Gwen, was it Guinevere? Guinevere flying uh-huh. off into the distance to destroy the rock. Um, <laughs> the way that the pixies, uh, pixies sprites. Uh-huh. Um, well, yeah. the way that they were like a biker. G- I don't know, man. I, I laughed pretty much from the start to the finish of this movie. I thought the humor was completely hmm. on point. The, the something that feels a little underbaked to me and it's it regarding the sprites and cult specifically is this sense that like encounters with Barley and Ian Lightfoot help people remember their magic. It happens with the Manticore too. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a sense in which they're bringing magic back to the world a little bit. Sure. Well, I mean, what, aren't we supposed to believe that, that Ian getting that staff kind of woke his magic up? Sure. Yeah. But, but that they're going in and affecting that change to, to the people they come across. That's like, that's interesting. And it almost feels contradictory to the, I don't need to see my dad message. You know what I mean? Where it's regaining things that we've lost is good here, but not necessarily here. And I know it's different and it's, it's not like, it's not like the movie doesn't have space for both of them. Yeah. I guess I would say that I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a measured with a ruler. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's a line drawn from point A to point B there. No, no, no. And I'm not saying they're connected. I'm just saying it's interesting that we have both messages in the same movie. Yeah, it does. uh, I'll give you that. It does sort of feel like Ian and Barley are spreading magic, like Forrest Gump spreads kindness. Sure. It feels like if that's, if that's what we want, we need to be more intentional with that. Like we need to really call it out. Yeah. I see that. Okay. I guess we're going to talk about the dad now because that's all I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen a character in a Pixar movie quite like this. It was like super, super dump, super pump. Yeah. yeah. My super dumps already happened. Um, so my super pump, I, you know, I was talking about earlier that um, we would get to this because I, I talk about how much it means to me and how much it feels like a stamp of the product that is Pixar to just do something you've never seen before. Right. And it just be saturated with thoughtfulness. I think the creative direction to decide, let's bring him back up to the waist <laughs> and just have legs walk around like, and just lean on complete nonverbal communication, right? Disney's done this for a long time Carpet to where like the, the Wallies of the world and carpet and uh, the Ottoman and Beauty and the Beast. And even like, um, uh, what's the chameleon in Rapunzel and Tangled? Pascal. Pascal, like characters like that. But this, we don't even get to read his face. Right. It's not there. And again, like you're right. It is more towards carpet and things like that. But it's like him just having to be led along. There was so much imagery to me. That's the funniest part. It's like if, not even funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Carpet, but if carpet was Aladdin's father. Oh, it's so interesting. It's just, it's just very dad. Something about these legs is just so dad. (laughs) And it's, yeah, there's so many ways this could have gone wrong. And I think almost all of it went right in terms of deciding how to, how to portray this character. The drum on the foot Um, was so great. And I, I don't think they, they had to also, I think one of the things that could have gone wrong is they could have just magooed the heck out of this character. And like, just yeah. have him accidentally do a bunch of awesome things. Like how awful would this have been if it ended up being the legs that saved everything? Oh, totally. Right? Like, and all yeah. of a sudden they're not helpless anymore. Yes. We get the cool moment to where it helps them get away from drowning. Right. Because they just kind of shoved the legs down. Like that was super creative, but, but I think was overall, I was just kind of marveling at that. It yeah, was, that, that's it was, sort of and it was, it was brought about by them. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I think the entire time I was watching that, I was like, this is brilliant. Like, this is so, this is so smart. And somehow they, they are absolutely pulling this off. And that's the moment that I'm like, there's Pixar. Like that, that feels it super like, Pixar to totally. me. Totally. It reminded me a lot of like, uh, and we, full disclosure, we haven't recorded our Monsters Incorporated episode yet. So I don't know if I'm going to talk about this there, but uh, Monsters Inc. was in development for a long time because this was this was probably the first huge leap that we see from Pixar because they go from mm-hmm. Toy Story 2 to Monsters Incorporated. And it's just like, this is a different class of animation. Totally. So they spent a lot of time trying to get the character designs right and the movement right. And Mike Wazowski went through a long phase where he had no arms Ooh. in the character design. So it was just his oh head and, and his feet. <laughs> and so he would talk and he would like, if he's going, uh, if he's like lifting his hands to talk, he would do that with one of his feet. And it was just his head, his eyeball no. and his feet. And it's, it's awful. It's really, really terrible to look at. In <laughs> fact, I'm going to try to find that so I can send it to y'all in this chat. Uh, but this felt like lessons they learned from animating Mike in those screen tests, you know, decades sure. ago. 
Yeah. I, I think that a big achievement here for me and Carter, it's your super pump. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it is that they made, uh, legs and feet expressive. Yeah. I was nerdy. I was nerding out as a communications professor because this is the kind of stuff that you don't get to create in the classroom. Sure. Like when you get to that chapter about nonverbal communication, right. And body language, like you can throw all the percentages out there. Um, but this made me appreciate it on a different level, like the way that they were able to animate it. And the thing is like, it's animated. We all realize that like, that's the reason that we're not freaked out by half of a body. Most right. of the movie, but that animation in itself could have made these legs look ridiculous and do things that that only legs, like we don't get to know what yeah. only legs can do. Like if only legs exist, we can't say like, well, the, when I saw the lower half of somebody's body, it didn't react like that. But somehow they've <laughs> given it to me realistically enough in a most speaking unreal of, world. Speaking of things that have just been given to you, I want you both to yeah, check I, your chat. I just looked I, at I, it. I did, I did I find just that, looked at it and I hate it. I did find that original image. For yeah, it's a good, a pretty good look. Ew! Oh. He also had a ten gallon cowboy hat. And he originally why a huge and I don't know cowboy why hat. you're gonna He's do like you're gonna greasy. do a cowboy hat on somebody after there's been two Toy Story movies already. <laughs> Yikes! It's like stay away from cowboys. Like, do you have other He's ideas? He's like slippery. Mike right? is like slippery in that picture, and I don't like it. He is. He was slimy like a frog in that stage of oh. the design oh. development. No, thank you. No, thank Boy. you. Ew, uh, that's I've so just, weird. I've just made I've just made cowboy hat Mike my virtual background. <laughs> oh man. They took away the buck or like the underbite, like the bulldog underbite, didn't they? They both had bulldog underbites at a different point in the development. Sully also had black horn-rimmed glasses for a long time. Jeez. Man, the decisions, you know? Lead singer of Weezer. Who, who's here. to say that there's been a lot of those decisions like that that you come out on the other end and you're like, I would have never. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. <clears throat> Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that was pretty horrifying TB. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. Uh, can we yeah, talk about the man? Just scenes? having, yes. Octavia or Spencer. You can finish, or you can finish your sentence too, Carter, that I ended No, I, I, it's already been said. I'm just like saying, just having the bottom of legs, like that is a. I think they knew that there was their father was going to manifest in some way that did not allow him to communicate. Right. And if they landed on just having his legs first, brilliant. Like, wow, caught lightning in a jar. But like yeah. he could have been a picture or a rock or like he had accidentally shot his life form into like something inanimate, you know, but like a plant they chose to show that he, tiny yeah, he can't talk because he has no, he has no upper half. Right. It's just crazy. No, I think that's great. And Sue, I also, it's a big pump that Ian never interacts with his dad. Like I don't, and that sounds. <laughs> I love weird, the misery of my super insensitive. No, I agree. But but I I love that because the whole movie I was like, it's just gonna feel so like, I don't know, it's just gonna feel cheap if he gets his dad for five minutes and then that's all he ever wanted. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because totally. that feels untrue. He, because yeah. there is a way through. I love pain that we didn't even see Barley's interaction with dad for real. Like we didn't get it up close because yeah, how too. could it have measured up to what we? kind of wanted it to be as an audience. I'd hoped it to so be. I, I think yeah. that was a really yeah. great choice. Uh, Manticore, let's go. Smart. I, I loved everything about yeah, it's her great. whole uh, scene, her restaurant, her Chuck E. Cheese. The restaurant was hilarious. The The mascot. Oh my gosh. In the background. Yes. Dude, the mascot. To also give, that feels like such a, it feels like a funny Disney thing to do too. Totally. Like have the actual person standing by the caricature of it and then realizing how dumbed down the caricature is. Totally. But yeah, that and the, all of the waiters and the manticore wearing the vests with the, um, what's it called when they do yes. that with all the buttons and stuff. I want to say swag, but that's the office. Uh, I think it is. is it? I think it's called Maybe swag. Maybe it's swag. Yeah. Accoutrement. I'm not sure. We'll go French on it. Yeah. That's probably it. It was just so funny, man. All of that whole interaction, the, the coloring book actually being the solved map. Oh, it's like actually, it's funny because it's a really good fantasy movie. You know, in terms of like we we take all of the tropes of that kind of like fantasy quest, and we take all the pieces that you would use to build like a D and D adventure book, and it's when we play with them in totally. a different way. Completely agree. It's it reminds me of in the same way that that Jane the Virgin is a telenovela about telenovelas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. feels like a fantasy quest about fantasy quests. I mean, and, and really it is, good. isn't yeah. it? I mean, literally with, with D&D yeah, yeah. as the sort of guidestone yeah. here, 
Did you see that Gary Gygax got a shout out in no. the credits? He, him and Wizards of the Coast got a thank so you in the fun. credits. That's, That's really so great. Cool. Isn't that cool? Uh, on that note too, like we, we are in a world, our story is set in a world that the world also recognizes how old that is, like, or how outdated yeah. something like that is. And so they almost have the same view of fantasy as we are, even though fantasy used to be their reality. That's pretty brilliant. Yeah. <clears throat> we should make a, we should make a, a real world history tabletop RPG. <laughs> yeah, let's base it around. Just let's set just it sort in of the pick real a random. Um, I'm gonna go with Alexander Hamilton. Maybe we can find like a soundtrack that can go with sort of his life story. I need some bops. I need the kids to give me some bops. Okay, for we that can one. figure that out. Um, I think we're sort of drawing to a close here on what has really been. Can I say my favorite Patreon episode so far? Can I say that? Sure. Do you, you think it was that. a better movie than Parasite? This, this has been a really unique discussion for us. I feel like we've we've all had three different angles on this bad boy, and it's been very fun for me to participate in this conversation. Thank you, boys. And uh, speaking of the boys... That's the reason we do it, man. <laughs> Just for you I to have a good that. time. And I'm not even a Patreon now, member. Now, there's something else we have to do, and that's rate this movie using science the one that magic replaced. The scientific cinema scale is a creation of us, and uh, it's perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing we could ever say is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God, God hath forsaken us. I don't... Yeah, go I'll for go it. first. <laughs> you sure? Yep. Okay. You really? Yep. You can go. I'm going to buy okay. this movie. I think it was very fun. Very wonderful. It is not, to be clear, this is not Inside Out. This is not Coco. Mainly because those movies are about emotions and a small mariachi boy. And this is about neither of those. But also, it is. this is not a Pixar hit in the same way that those are. To be clear... This is also not Cars 2, and this is not The Good Dinosaur, and I would say this is not even Finding Dory. Like, this is this is very good Pixar. Not best Pixar, but very, very good Pixar, which means that it's very, 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 very good animated. Just a question, film. just a quick off the dome. Could you name three to 60 more movies that this is not? Uh, Yeah, Clockwork Orange, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. This is, uh, this is not... The Godfather, probably. I would have to double check that one. I don't think <clears throat> that this is Bernie, that Jack okay, Black Okay, I'm going to stop movie. you there. That was very good. That was I a don't good list. Think Thank that, you so much. I don't think, well, you didn't even let me say that this is not, you don't mess with the Zohan. Oh, but, but it and is, And that was though. the one. Oh, but it is, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome to the back half <laughs> of our podcast. What a strange five movies. <laughs> Those are my top yeah, five. great. I'm going to go next. Ooh, yuck. And uh, what I'm going to do to this movie is that I'm going to buy it. I really enjoyed this. Um, I enjoyed it way more than I expected to. <clears throat> um, I was very yes. emotionally invested. I really loved the characters. I loved looking at it. Um, I, I, I was kind of really impressed by this. Um, I'm, I'm buying this movie. The scientific cinema scale is perfect, and we're never going to need to ever change that. Um, if there was a seventh rating, that would allow me to be right in the middle which is basically what Onward is for me in all of the Pixar franchise. Like everything that Pixar has done, Onward is probably the exact center. Um, yeah. In this case, because there are only six, uh, it is more good than bad. So it is a rent for me, but it really just feels right in the middle. It is not anything that makes me doubt Pixar's uh, abilities. Uh, I'm not worried about the studio um, it's a good movie. Like this is a movie that I would not have regretted walking out of the theater sure. to see. Well, I mean, so um, I guess you're renting it from <clears throat> Netflix on one of those weekends where they're um, offering a free subscription for a month to the streaming right, because service. it's free. Yeah. It's free right now, and we probably should have said that from the beginning. If you want to, if you haven't watched that, yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, we've spoiled a lot of it for you, but you should go <laughs> check it out on Disney Plus. But yeah, it is a for the sake of the scale, it's a rent for me, yeah. and not being literal. Uh, it is a rent, probably closer to the bottom of that rent, but it's, it's a rent. Fair enough. I think that's, uh, 
I love that they were embarrassed by their dad's magician name. Oh my gosh, that was so good. <laughs> I can think of I can think of nothing that would embarrass me more than if my dad were to call me and be like, "Hey, I'm really into magic, and I want you to start calling me this now." <laughs> yeah, I think that. Maybe really think good. of Ron Swanson's alter ego. Yeah, Duke Silver. That place, Duke Silver. <laughs> oh, that's great. Somebody has a Duke Silver T-shirt. I'm not going to say who. It's you. It's me. <laughs> Well, that's that's been another Patreon episode of The Boys. I like how we always do that at the end of our episodes when we're just like, and that was another episode of Two Chunks in a Hunk, or and that was another mini Monday. Well, just you're tell the people, one who's supposed to end this, and you weren't, so I was stepping in. And oh, I am <laughs> supposed to end this to end to end this <laughs> special Patreon exclusive bonus episode. I want us each to say our real boy names and <clears throat> then say our magician yes, boy names. Yes. Uh, and I would prefer alliteration in these. You, you, so it has to be two names? It, it's it's a name and then a title. Sorry. Like so-and-so, no. the blank. I hear preference, and I what I actually hear is like, oh, that's what it sounds like. So, Not preference. I get to make the rules. So to no. end today's special episode, I would like you to give me your magician name in the following format. Name the title. Does it make sense? Blank. I the like blank. the other guy that ends the episodes normally better than you. You can you can hang out with that other guy and young do whatever you want as soon as we're off this video call. I just want to end this episode. Until we finish this episode, I'm trapped here at my that computer. That's a bad name. I'm Doge, but henceforth I shall be named Belquazor the Beautific. Good grief. <laughs> uh, I'm Carter, and I'm going to break the rules <laughs> because I thought I had a good backstory. I work. I'm a. I'm a magician in the sense that I uh, worship the Lord of Light, uh, and uh, taking some like game, of, game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, some Game of Thrones. I am uh, simply go by Willy Sandre. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see you take off your necklace and become an old man. Let me just do this. <laughs> I was, I was not. I became a rat. a rat. That was more of becoming a rat than an old man. You became the Sorry, melting you don't face have the video from there. Raiders. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> oh, that's more impressive than becoming an old that's man. True. I'm also breaking the rules um, because my... Oh. Yeah, because screw that guy. That guy who set this my, up. My real guy. given Christian name is Jordan Wonders and my magician name is Jordan Wonders. Yeah, you are I'm, already named I'm, a magician I'm, name. I'm set up for a strike Dude, on the magician name, I think. Yeah. You're you're not going to believe this. I think that's the first time I've heard your last name. 